Blog Talk Radio. by NASCA, which stands for the National Association of Adult Survivors of Child Abuse. My name is Penelope Bennis, and I am your host this evening. Um, hosting with me this evening is Victoria Kelly, another NASCA family member. We are both adult survivors of child abuse. Today is Monday, November 21st, 2022. This is scan number 3056. And our type of show tonight is special guest night where uh, we have a uh, another NASCA family member, uh, an adult survivor of child abuse who's here to tell her story for the first time. And our special guest, her name is Tonya Doolin, and she's from Austin, California. I'll tell you a little bit more about Tonya in a moment, uh, but first I'd like to talk a little bit about NASCA and its mission. So we have a single purpose at NASCA, and it's to address issues related uh, childhood abuse and trauma, including sexual assault, violent or physical abuse, emotional traumas and neglect, and we do so with only two goals. The first goal, educating the public, especially as related to helping society get over its taboo of discussing childhood sexual abuse, presenting facts, showing child abuse to be a pandemic, worldwide problem that affects everyone. The second goal, offering hope and healing through numerous paths, providing many services to adult survivors of child abuse and information for anyone interested in the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. NASA's been around for a long time. We are an international organization. You can learn more about NASA on our website, which is www. .nasca.org. That's www.nasca.org. If you would like to be a panel member this evening and support Tonya as she tells us her story, we would encourage you to call in and Victoria will greet you on our back line. The number to call in and participate is area code 646 595-2118. Again, I'll repeat that number. It's area code 646-595-2118. Uh, 
no experience necessary, just a curiosity to call in and become involved. And especially um, as a panel member on tonight's special guest night, you'll have an opportunity to ask special guest Tanya Doolin a question or a comment that is um, regarding her story. This is her night. She's here to tell her story. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about Tanya from the bio that she provided um, our uh, president and founder, Bill Murray, uh, before I bring her on. So thank you, um, Tanya, to give a little bit of background on Tanya before um, she starts telling us um, what she wishes to tell us. So as I mentioned, Tanya Doolin is from Oxnard, California. She survived child abuse and many other traumas. She's a 50-year-old recovering addict who has lived a life of trauma. To quote Tanya, my mother was 19 when I was born, and I was child number three from husband number three, she says. My mother, being an actor herself with a fourth-grade education, really didn't know what to do with us or how to love us. Her taste in men was deplorable, but she always said she'd die in hell before she'd ever admit that she was a failure as a mom, like her mom was, who was also an alcoholic. Trauma was part of Tanya's upbringing. I was molested from the early age of four until around the age of seven. My abusers were family members, a preacher, and those who were supposed to love and care for me. There's more to uh, the bio that Tonya had uh, provided to us, but um, I'm going to stop there. Um, there's a lot more to her story. And um, before I bring her on, because it's a special guest night, we like to um, go chronologically um, through, uh, through life. Um, and so I just be, uh, read the beginning part of Tonya's life um, to paint a picture, to have some consistency with how we tell the story. So um, uh, we usually then try and look at life in, in, um, in three parts. So, um, Tonya, if you're around my age, around 50, um, I usually say from about, you know, the earliest memory um, from infancy to about the age of 18, I will break the panel um, because this is a 90-minute show. We kind of do it in 20-minute increments. Then um, after the panel has an opportunity to ask you a question um, or pose a comment that is um, uh, regarding your story, we then talk about what I call the middle years from about 18 to 30. We'll break again. So I like to break to the panel twice. And then, um, and then the last sort of the show from 30 to the present day. Um, so we just, just for some consistency, because we do archive these shows and they're there to listen to, um, uh, we like to have some consistency. So um, without further ado, Tonya, I am going to unmute your line. And on behalf of NASCA and Victoria and myself, we invite you on. You are on live, Tonya. Welcome. Thank you. Um, I appreciate this opportunity. Um, you know, um, I really wanted the chance to tell my story, and I had went through a long struggle with um, trying to remember what my story really was and, and, and remembering, you know, the past and the present and the future and stuff and, and trying to trying to get everything organized in my head. Mm-hmm. And um, um, a lot of the ages that I was when things started and stuff, 
um, I got really confused because I grew up really fast, you know, yeah. and, and so I started lying about how old I was and stuff because I started hanging around people who were older and stuff like that. So so some of the ages, um, there might be discrepancies in some of the ages that I started or stopped doing something or that something happened, but it's because I can't really remember sometimes um, exactly what age, you know, something happened at. Um, but, um, so, you know, I know and that's not uncommon. Uh, that's not uncommon at all how we, you know, sometimes dissociate and we, we cannot really pinpoint certain ages or time. So that's actually not unusual. And so that, that, and that's okay. That's okay. We understand. Um, that's okay. And, and, and this is really about you just, you know, doing your best to tell your story and you are, you know, Tonya, totally in control. So whatever you wish to share, you can share, and um, whatever you you know don't want to share, you don't have to share. My role is just to kind of cue you and ask you some questions to kind of you know prompt you along in the show for the next um, ninety minutes. Um, well, the main thing that I wanted to talk about was was um, um, there was a, a a preacher that. Um, had molested me and numerous other kids, you know, um, besides this thing. Um, and um, he got away with it. Um, and um, it started whenever I was really young. Um, my mom had went to jail for a short period of time. And during this time, Texas had given him, given me and my sister to, to his care, you know, to live under his roof. Um, and um, so it was going on on a daily basis during that time. And um, um, it was over about the time between seven and eight, something like that. And um, my mom didn't do anything about it. And, and, and then whenever I was 12, the authorities come to my mom and um, said that um, there was more um, child abuse um, um, allegations against this preacher and that um, they wanted to know if um, we, we could testify. And my mom had said that, you know, that I was mentally ill and that, that you know, my brother was gay and that, and that you know, and that um, she didn't want, you know, us to testify in court, but that we could testify on tape. And we um, testified on tape, but still, the preacher got away with it. He was able to walk free and, and move to another state and start molesting kids in other states. And, um, and um, you know, it's like um, um, Texas had, had um, multiple... Um, multiple um allegations about, you know, um my mother leaving me and my brother and sister at the house, you know, by herself, you know, for days at a time and stuff like that. And and they never did anything about it, you know. They um they they always called before they came and did a home visit and and stuff, you know, giving people uh the opportunity to be prepared and stuff and 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 um and it was like Anybody that I told, you know, what was going on, they just did the same thing, you know. And and you would always know whenever it was about to happen because they would start asking you details, you know. And 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 um, 
then my mom had told me, you know, growing up that, you know, as long as you're a woman, you should never be broke, you know, and the preacher used to give us money whenever he would send us home, you know, um, for the day and, and stuff. So I guess at a really young, young age, you know, I learned to exchange money for sex and, and, um, um, and, um, that was how I survived. It was how I, I, I thought that the world was supposed to be, you know, and 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 people who told me that they loved me did it with their hand up my shirt or down my pants, you know. So that's how I thought that was fair exchange, you know. If you wanted love or you wanted money or you wanted to survive or you wanted a place to sleep or whatever, then you had to exchange something. And the only thing that I had at the time was my body. And... um it um it was just like this vicious cycle, you know. I mean, I had some good people, you know, on my dad's side of family and I had some 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 decent people in my life, but the decent people that were in my life the problem is is, is that they weren't in my life for long enough of a period to do the good that they would have done if, if they were in my life for long. You know. And um, I, um, I, my, my, my mom was just, um, my, I've got an aunt that when she was six and she told them about being molested, they put her in a mental hospital. She stayed there until she was 18, you know, they, um, and, Texas actually did nothing to protect us kids, and I'm not saying that they, they, that they haven't gotten better or whatever. But all I know is that back then, I mean, the um, the default of of the Texas um, um, DHS or whatever um, was deplorable. I mean, they um, they they there was kids being 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 hurt and being molested left and right. And um and and um Texas would would, would just turn the other way and, and do nothing about it. This preacher um molested God knows how many kids. I mean, God knows how many. Um his his name is Otis Seals and and, and God knows how many kids that um, he was able to get a hold of by using God as a as a shield, and 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 that's just something that that, that I think that something should should have been done about. And and Texas has the opportunity to do something about it, and they didn't, you know. And you don't get that many different reports of an abuser from different children and and still let the person walk. Let me ask you a question. So you mentioned uh-huh. that you were um, the third child born to your mother at the age of 19. Did she have any children after you were you were born? No. Okay. No. And the three of you, were you also victimized by this priest, or was it just you, or were your siblings as well? Me and my brother and my 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 sister was molested by his son. And your mother obviously was aware of this because you, when you went to, she didn't want you to testify because 
it will be documented. So at the inception, you mentioned you were seven years old. So was your mother aware of it from the beginning of, of when this started happening? Um, I don't think that she was aware of it whenever it first started happening. Um, um, you know, um, I started having um, issues um, awaiting the bed and and um, stuff like that, and um, and I started having um, acting out issues and stuff like that. And um, she knew that something was wrong, and and then I just finally broke down and told her. And but the only thing that she did was she called his the the woman that he was married to then. She called his wife and him and his son and told them to come over. And then she had me, my brother and sister, tell on him in front of his wife, tell his wife what what he did. And his wife left him and took the two boys that they were adopting away from him. And um, and um, but that was the only thing that was done. Nothing, nothing was reported. Nothing was documented but but um obviously um years later whenever more cases had come about um that he had that he had done um um it had come about uh, you know our names had come up and so um somebody somewhere documented something thank you for answering my questions do you want to go on i'm sorry no go ahead I was wondering if you would mind if I took a break and went to our panel and then you told some of your story. I'm, I'm sure they have questions for, for you. Is that all right? Yes, that's all right. Okay. Thank you. So, Victoria, I just wanted to, you know, invite you into the conversation if you had a question or a comment for Sonia. Yeah, I just want to say I'm really sorry that all that happened to you and that there are no adults there that protected you. And uh, people that, like you said uh, in your bio there, that, you know, the people that were supposed to love you and take care of you didn't. And that, to me, is just heartbreaking. Um, I'm also a NASCA family member, so, you know, you're not alone here. And, uh, um, you yeah, know, I just really uh, respect you and appreciate that you're coming on the show and sharing your story. And, um, and it, it, it's heartbreaking what happened to children. And uh, you should never been in that position of having to tell your story to friends with a wife, your abuser. Oh, can't imagine. I'm just really sorry. But um, like I said, I'm really glad you're on the show, and it takes a lot of strength and courage. And I'm I'm going to listen and let some other people make comments as well. And uh, I'll be back with you later on. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you, Victoria. And um, I see you have another caller. Is that caller someone that's, that um, I'm, I can call on, Victoria, in the panel? Yes, go ahead. He, he was saying that he'd like to talk. Yes. Okay, great. Great. Okay, thanks. I'm going to put you back and listen only, Victoria. And I will bring on um, our caller. Um, I think it's Dow. Um, you are on. Well, I, I, with, hello. Uh, g'day. Uh, you were close, but my name is Bob, B-O-B, Bravo, October, Bravo. And I'm calling from the Whitsunday Islands in Australia. 
and I've been associated with NASCAR for several years. Um, and I would just like to say to Tonya that um, I really honour your courage and your fortitude in actually reaching out and sharing your story. Now, just to hopefully give you a bit of hope, I'm 70 years old now, and my childhood was similar to yours. It was very abusive. But if it's any hope, what I've realized is that we live in a society where hurt people hurt people. Oh, and so through, yeah, so through my own journey, um, which began in 1984, my first panic attack, um, I was able, by healing the wounds of my childhood, to actually forgive my abusers. Now, that may sound weird, but where I'm coming from is like the Christ message that, you know, suffer all, chil all little children to come to me. He didn't say, except for child abusers and blah, blah, blah. Because my view of Western society is it's a society set up. Um, now, I was born in 52, where the modus operandi was um, children should be seen, not heard. Um, um, shut, shut up or I'll give you something to cry for. And um, my mum was my primary abuser because she was just a volcano. She just exploded and I got hit, you know, whenever, whenever I got in range. So I didn't know whether I was being hit because I was bad or good, which was really confusing for a, a, a young child. But what I've realized is those first seven to 10 years, I was powerless, you know, but the abuse I suffered, whether it's sexual, emotional, um, intellectual, spiritual, the abuse I suffered was not my fault. I was not to blame. And so thank you, Tonya, for reaching out. And I'm part of the NASCAR movement, but I'm also part of um, the uh, well-being movement in Australia. And we have a, an organization here called Real Mates Talk. And I also have a, a series of videos on YouTube that that is called healing ourselves by sharing our stories so thank you Tonya from where I'm coming from you're on the right road darling you're not alone there is nothing wrong with you you are not to blame and welcome to the club because there is freedom on the other side of this and I'm living proof of that so thank you and I'll thank shut you. up now because I, I could go on for ages darling but if you want to contact me, please feel free to do so. Um, my name is Bob Eden, that's B-O-B-E-D-E-N, on Facebook. And, um, Thank you. I, I'm always there for you, like the rest Thank of the you. NASCAR mob. Okay. Thanks, Victoria. Oh, and and thank you, Bob. It's Penelope. Gosh, I haven't, we haven't spoken in a while, so it's nice to have you on the panel. And thank you so much for your comments um, and oh, support yeah. of Tanya. Yeah, by, the way, by the way, I'd just like to wish you all uh, Merry Christmas and keep up the good work. Um, 
where I'm coming from is we are all victims of victims and until you hand it back you pass it on so Merry Christmas everybody thank you thank you Bob thank you thank you oh um, so as you can see Tanya you have a lot of support here at NASCA and a lot of people unfortunately we may not have the exact same story, but we have very similar stories, and there's a lot of uh, empathy and understanding, and you are being heard. Um, we are listening, and you are being heard. This is a platform um, where you get that kind of uh, support. So Thank you. I want to read a little bit more of your bio right now um, before we continue. Um, and... As you mentioned, you were molested from the early age of four until around the age of seven. Your abusers were family members, a preacher that you've mentioned, uh, and those that were supposed to love and care for me. The preacher started paying me to stay quiet about the abuse. Between that and your own mother saying that a woman, that as a woman that you should never be broke, you felt, you felt it made sense to allow yourself to be led down a path of addiction, prostitution, being sex trafficked, and homelessness. So your deep conviction of being self-employed led you to become a renegade sex worker working the streets without a pimp, lonely and seeking validation and self-worth. You found yourself drowning in old habits. At the core of your addiction recovery experience, this made you realize that being to hell and fully working to make it back to the other side, your story can help provide a sense of relief and hope to others. So, you know, we, we've talked about your earlier years. I would like to know, you know, I know that you had, you know, um, um, been somewhat involved in trying to bring this preacher to justice, but um, as you went through your teenage years, what was life like for you? Well, um, I got married <clears throat> when I was 14. I was only married for a couple of days before um I um <clears throat> left um left him. Um but um I stayed married legally um so that um it would keep me from making the mistake and doing it again. And um I um I had um gotten um I had started um dancing at a at a at a club. And um and a lot of times um I got um got her got got taken off and 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 went through um a lot of a lot of abuse and, and, and a lot of a lot of um trouble um at the club, you know, from um clients and stuff that were there. Um you know, being underage, you didn't have an ID, so you couldn't rent your own room, so you had to go home with somebody. And and so a lot of the times, the people that I went home with were not very nice, and um, and didn't have you know um, honorable intentions to somebody like me. And um, and um, I um, I was in and out of um, state schools, girls' homes, and um stuff like that, um, TYC, Texas Youth Corrections, and, um, I, um, tried to, um, to get 
get things right, but I didn't know how to be right, and I didn't know how to be anything but on the streets. I had gotten so used to being on the streets that that was the only place that I was comfortable. And um, so um, I stayed out there a lot. I I, um, stayed on the streets a lot and and occasionally um, would turn myself in just just for a couple of months and, and then run away and go right back out on the street um, um, in in order to have a place to sleep most nights. I had to, you know, um, ex- exchange um, a favor for for a roof over my head, you know, or food in my stomach. And um, it was, um, it was really humiliating um, being a, a uh, uh, an addict, you know, um, people um, take you at different levels. I had went from from being on heroin um, to um, being on meth to being on crack. I mean, I've tried just about um, every drug that there is, um, anything to stay numb, anything to um, to um, forget, anything to to um, try to um to ease the pain. And um I gave a lot of bad advice. I um anybody that was good to me, um I um who wanted me to quit, I would suggest that they start. And and, and um I, I I let a lot of people, you know, um down um a bad way, you know, because I thought that, you know, that um, if 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 I was going to go down, I wanted I I didn't want to go down alone, and 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 I'd gotten so confused about life, you know, that that I wasn't sure what was real or what wasn't. I had disassociated really bad. I had um, I had so many different names. Um, I wasn't I wasn't sure, you know, which one was was really mine. You know, very few people even knew my real name. You know, um, I had um, I had been in and out of prison. Um, started going to prison in 1996, and um, started um, started um, um, trying to um, go from the uh, the streets into the video thing, but I'm I'm mentally ill. I have I have severe um, mental illness, but but not severe enough to where, you know, um, they take away my rights or, or or put someone in control of me. So um, most people, even though they know that um, I'm mentally ill, they still um, I guess the the law um, still uh, allows them the right to take advantage of the fact that I'm mentally ill. You know. Um, and, um, I get, um, I get led astray very easily. Um, I get, um, distracted really easily. Um, I get bullied really easily. Um, I, uh, I, I suffer from real bad depression. Um, it's, um, it's sometimes debilitating. 
Um, sometimes I can't 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 even move out of bed. Sometimes I can't um, can't focus in school, and um, but I'm trying to change all that. I'm trying to 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 alter my path and to to um, rise above it, and and I'm trying to to learn something, you know, and the problem is is, is that. You know, I wanted to be a positive impact on people, but I don't know which people to impact. I mean, um, because um, I don't know how to have a voice for for overcoming. Because um, even though um, I've I've risen my head above water, and I've like last year, even just last year. I was I was in a shelter. I was um still on 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 um lean and, 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 and still confused and, and but but now I'm clean school. I'm um in sober living. Um, you know, I, I am making leaps and bounds changes but um but but mentally um I get depressed because I I feel like you know, um, I wanted to be able to face my abusers, you know, for, for a long time, you know, my mother knew where the preacher was, knew where my abusers were, but, but, but didn't give me a chance to face them face to face before they died. And, 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 you know, and since I've been, um, speaking out about the abuse, um, I've found out that, that, uh, a lot of the people that have abused me, um, are deceased and, um, and so I feel like, you know, now I can't even face them. You know, I, I, I didn't even get the opportunity to face them. And 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 now I just want to let it go. You know, I just want to be able to put it behind me. I want to be able to to say that um, I'm a bigger person and this doesn't have to destroy me, you know. It broke me for a long time. It kept me broken for a long time. It kept me broken for years. And I just want to be able to say that I'm not broken anymore. You know, um, I still have so many different things to to work on and, and, and areas of my life to, to, um, to explore, you know. And um, I don't... Um, I just want to be able to, um, for people to see me and 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 to know that that all those all that bad, you know, wasn't me. It wasn't. It wasn't. It, it was my addiction. It was. It was my my. It was not my 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 heart. Yeah. I can say this much. You have found your voice. You're here on NASCA telling your story, and you have found your voice um, in doing so, which is a huge step. Um, I understand this is the first time that you've come on to the NASCA show. Have you told your story publicly on any other show? Is this the first time you've come on the radio and told 
your truth. No, I was on I was on I was on NASCA um, last year. Okay. So you have. So you are. You know, by coming on this platform, you know, you have, which is, I think is great. This is a venue to find your voice um, and to continue um, telling your story. And as you know, they're archived. And I, I said that at the beginning of the show, but not only are you speaking your truth tonight, but because they're archived and they, this show will then remain um, under the NASC website under scan number 3056. We have so many people um, from all over the world. Um, not only in the United States, but as you know, Bob has called in on the panel from all over the world that actually go into our website and listen to the archived shows and learn. Um, and they get courage from your story, from hearing your story. And so your voice, our voices after we've been on the show continue to speak in that regard um, because the fact that they're, they're archived and used as, as, as tools. So, um, you know, I always think it's so brave to, to come on the show like you are right now and whether it's the first time or the second time, and and to keep, you know, verbalizing um, your own experience um, um, and how you felt yes. and what you're for a long time. For a long time, you know, they they would tell me that you know it's not your fault. You know, it, it's um, not your fault what happened to you as a job. And then you know, and then you think about it and. And it's like, um, you know, they chose chose me for a reason, either because I was too stupid to tell, or you know, or 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 you know, because I was vulnerable enough to believe, you know, and and um, and they knew they'd get away with it, you know, and um, but but I just. I have a hard time believing that it's not my fault. I have a hard time believing that. But I know, I know deep down that it's not because it's no child's fault, you know? And, and, and it's, we, we all live in, 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 this world, you know, where, um, where, um, I just want to protect these children. I just wish that I could just protect all of them, you know, and, um, and make them feel safe, you know, and the monsters out there are just, that they're monsters, and most people um, don't even want to admit that monsters are real. Unfortunately, you know, you know we we know that they are. But you know, there's something that you said earlier about your um, experience when you were younger and showing some of the you know child um, manifestations of being um, abused and sexually abused. You said you started wetting your bed around the age of six or seven. And even sharing that, you know, for, for, for people out there, for parents out there listening to this story, you know, uh, bedwetting or revert, reverting um, in childhood and beginning to, to wet the bed again. So these are some things to look out for. These are some signs, some manifest childhood manifestations that a child is being hurt 
So by you sharing your experience and just sharing that, even that, you know, detail is is ex- extremely helpful. Um, and there might be some parent listening that might suspect that something is going on, and you're giving that detail, and that gives them something to learn and become aware of. Um, so. I think sometimes even the smallest of details can have a huge impact on someone else. So thank you for oh, yeah. doing that. Um, I want to go back to the panel. And, um, Victoria, I know we have another caller, and the, the area code begins with um, 805. So I don't know if you can just um, greet them on the back line, and then I can bring them in to join the panel and ask Tanya a question. But it's... Um, Looks like an area code 805 um, that, is, that have joined us. Um, so I wanted, to, Victoria, if, if you're on, um, if you wouldn't mind greeting um, number 80, uh, 805. Yeah, I can do that. Yep. Okay, thank you. Um, so I'm actually going to um, bring um, Bob back on and give him an opportunity while Victoria's greeting our other callers. So Bob Eden from Australia, you are back on the line with Tanya. Good day, darling. Um, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I just honor your courage. And um, as I said, I'm 70 years old now, but, um, and I started suffering from depression in 1984. Um, but I didn't realize at the time that 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 was actually the start of my recovery because it was the pain of depression that I was feeling that actually gave me the energy to go within and heal the wounds of my childhood. And what worked for me, and I never give advice because for me unsolicited advice is abuse, so I honor your sovereignty. Um, But what worked for me was I was in that space where mum was my primary abuser, you know, and in my own spiritual journey, God, I hate you, mum. I hate you. You're always beating me, you know. But you've got to love your mum. You've only got one mum. And it was that dichotomy that was tearing my soul apart. And so one day I sat down and wrote a letter to mum saying, dear mum, this is how I felt as a child growing up in our family. Blah, blah, you know. What I thought would be one or two pages ended up being the stickers war and peace. It's huge, but I got all the childhood memories of my abuse out onto paper and then signed it. This is my story, mum. Please tell me yours. And then the hardest thing I ever did was I posted it to mum. And eventually I got a letter back from mum saying, oh, Bobby, 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 I'm so sorry. You must think I'm the first mother in the whole world. So I wrote back to mum and said, no, mum, this is not about blame. Please tell me your story. And she eventually wrote back. And she was born in Germany, 1924, between the wars. Her dad was an alcoholic. Her mum was a control freak. Her cousins were in the SS or they were shot. And then I realized that, she had a really violent childhood, dysfunctional childhood too. And by 
her sharing her story, I came to the realization that we're all victims of victims. So here I am in a position of torn apart, in a position of hating my mum, but I've got to love my mum. But by her sharing her story with me, with that understanding, I could move from hate to love and realize that, yes, mum was doing a, my abuser was doing her very, very best, but all she could do was dump on me what got dumped on her. So by telling my story to my abuser, I broke the multi-generational cycle of abuse. And if I can do it, anybody can. But posting that letter, you know, about my primary abuser was probably the hardest thing I ever did. But getting the result from that, it was like somebody taking an elephant off my shoulders. And so the biggest fear I had when I had my panic attack, I was so afraid of the overwhelming feelings that I was having. But in hindsight, I now realize that those feelings that I was having was just a measure of how powerful I truly am. And so now I live my life under the mantra of feelings are healings. My body is so much smarter than me, and all I have to do is listen to the messages my body is giving me and obey. So much love on your journey, Tonya, and you're awesome. awesome. Keep on plugging away. You're not alone. And hey, yeah, there is... Freedom is an inside job, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Awesome. Oh, thank you, Bob. Thank you so much. Good day. I know it's tomorrow. I know it's the 22nd in Australia right now, about 10 a.m., right? Okay. So I'm going to put you back on the filming okay. mode, and I'm going to bring on Lang. Lang has joined us. So, uh, Lang, I wish to um, thank you for calling in, and you are on the line with Tanya. Yeah, hi, Tanya. Just wanted to do a shout-out to NASCAR and uh, the NASCAR family and uh, and thank Bill Murray for uh, for being there, not just for me, but for Tanya. You know, a long time ago, it was over a year ago, uh, I actually met Tanya, and uh, I'm a known homeless advocate out in Ventura County. I'm also a uh, survivor of child abuse and rape as well. And as I mentioned to you on the line, uh, I've been blessed to be on your show, you know, three times. I think last time was in January. Uh, what was it? I think it was recently I was on the uh, on your show. And I, uh, Tanya was on your show back in December. You know, uh, if, if you would have met Tanya, you know, almost a year ago and where she's at today, uh, she's truly a miracle. And I, there, in fact, there's another lady that's on the line listening. Uh, Mrs. Uh, Catherine Townsend Lyons also listening online, and quite a few people are in, are in regards to uh, Tanya. You know, when I when I met Tanya and, and doing what I do, the advocate, and I, I listened to her story, and knowing my story, I said, uh, "This this lady's story needs to be told," and. Uh, and she can do wonders and help many. And I remember I reached out to uh, Bill Murray, and uh, Bill talked to her on the phone. She was in the shelter at that time, and uh, 
it was unbelievable where she was at then, where she's at today. When, uh, Tanya doesn't give herself enough credit, people. Uh, uh, Tanya's also part of being a, part of being a NASCA family. She's also part of being a Children of the Night with Dr. Lois Lee. Uh, Dr. Lois Lee's, you know, the founder of Children of the Night, and also in regards to sex trafficking and and prostitution. And uh, Dr. Lee's very proud, and so is Children of the Night. In fact, Tanya. With only six months, a little less than six months, she just wrote an article that was published in Keys to Recovery. And then prior to that, uh, I was in the hospital, and I happened to have a disease. It's called Bichette's. And uh, Tanya was able to go to that to that to that to that 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 gala, and where she was recognized that she was going to be an author in one of their newspapers. And uh, you know, Tanya talks about giving back and and. She, she, I remember one time, Tanya, she wrote something that about, you know, it was a post with you, and it was a post with Children Night, and this is my mentor and someday. And I said, Tanya, I said, you're already an advocate. You're, you're already a voice speaking for us. You know, I call them, you know, the least of lost news accountable. You know, the monsters are accountable, but it's about the forgiveness. And uh, Tanya's come a very long ways, and uh, I just want to do a shout-out. Thank We're you, very proud of you. We're very proud of you, Tanya. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Incredible support. And Lang, I do remember you. This is Penelope. I do remember you. Um, I remember your your story and your work. And what a what a wonderful um, testament. Um, to the fact that there are those that are courageous enough to do the work, um, both Lang and you, Tanya, you being on here again this evening. And I agree with Lang. I think, you know, you, you, you deserve all the credit in the world because uh, you're doing amazing things. Absolutely incredible. Thank you. And Lang, thank you for, for supporting Tanya. Is there anything else you wanted to add before I um, invite Victoria back into the conversation? Yeah, you know, back in, uh, you know, uh, Bill Murray knew I had a situation that happened, and that's because I didn't let go and let God and because of my ego, and I let things get in the way. And at that time, uh, Tanya was really in bad shape, and uh, and I, I was doing things my way, and uh, I ended up getting in a, I ended up getting in a situation, and in fact, uh, it's kind of funny that uh, I, I will be writing an article, and it's, you know, it's part of my Nobody Knows But Me series. And it's going to be the advocate's advocate. And it was like God places us in each other's lives, and there's a reason why he does it. So, you know, me being there supporting Tanya, Tanya was there very much there for me at, during the time of my need. And uh, God knew what he was doing at that time. Because, you know, I've, I've talked to many in regards to, you know, what I do and my advocacy and, and, and the, the situation with Tanya and where she's at today is almost less likely than hitting the lotto. So God had a reason for both of us. And, uh, and NASCAR has been a part of my journey and, and NASCAR is part of our journey. And uh, I think that needs to be known that uh, she was just as much advocating for me in my time of need as I was there for her. And that, that's what we do. That's what we do. So, you know, all, all glory to God. And, uh, and we're very, we're very, I'm very, 
blessed and very honored to be a part of NASCA family with you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Victoria, I wanted to invite you back on to um, pose a question or a comment for Tanya before she continues on the story. Sure. Yeah. Um, Tanya, I just want to say that, that um, I like when you said uh, um, that uh, uh, the bad wasn't you or whatever, the bad things weren't you and, you know, we're not bad. Um, what was done to us was bad. I used to call myself crazy, somebody said. You're not crazy. What was done to you was crazy, all those crazy things. You were acting normally to crazy situations that were put onto you, you know. And um, I just want to say we only made the decision with the information we had at the time, and survivors were given the wrong information and outright lied to. <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, they stopped calling it mental illness, and we're calling it mental health issues now, you know. And you see the people that have mental health issues are the ones that are dealing with the ones that should be in therapy, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. And uh, my abuser, who is my biological father, I had to go into hiding um, to keep myself and my children safe. And um, when he passed away, it, it was finally my freedom, finally my freedom, you know. And, and none of it was your fault. And none of their actions. I also am a recovering alcoholic and drug addict with 36 years sober. But um, the thing is, is that, you know, I talk about all the time about how I couldn't live with reality and life on life's terms. And I, I use, I say I'm not alcoholic and drug addict, but alcohol and drugs weren't my problem. They were my solution, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we did what we did to survive, and you survived, and that is the most important part. You know, you are not a bad person. But, you know, like you said, it's it's easy to know that and to say that to other people or to say it out loud to ourselves or whatever, but it's a long way sometimes from our head knowing it to our heart and feeling it. So I really hope, my hope is that you start feeling that you are deserving and love, you know, worth love and, and you are doing a fantastic job because some of the stuff that you're sharing, especially, you know, the wedding, the bed and stuff I did till I was 13 and, you know, nobody picked up on like that and like, Nelby was saying, just all the stuff that you're talking about is going to help parents. It's going to help other survivors know that they're not alone. And, you know, we never know what one thing we might say that would help another another person, you know. And, and I really appreciate you being on, and there's not much time, so I'm just going to let you go on with your story, and I'm going to continue to listen. Thank you very much for sharing. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Victoria. Thank you so much. So, Tanya, I want to understand how, um, Elaine gives a little bit of background, but I want to understand how you would define, you know, your healing journey, um, how that began and what that looked like for you. Well, um, my... My healing journey actually began in in 2018, and um, it began um, whenever <clears throat> I was in prison, and um, I had made the decision to um, that that I wanted to get off of drugs, 
and um, I was going to use um, um, a maintenance um, to get off the drugs. And um, so I was going to come back to California. And my mom was sick, and um, she invited me to come to Iowa instead of California and to make my peace with her. Um, and um, I had went um, to Iowa, and um, instead of um, getting on maintenance and sticking with just maintenance, I had relapsed and, and got um, um, a back on drugs and back in the life. And um, I hadn't made peace um, with my my mother and um <clears throat> then i i had a breakdown and i started um thinking that that um all the i started realizing and and seeing the bad that i was doing in my life and the direction that my life was taking. And um, I had gotten it in my head that everybody could see the bad that I was doing and the direction my life was taking, and that scared me. It it, it scared me to um, think that the whole world knew, you know, what what I was what I was and 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 how I was and I realized um I had tried to take my life in October of uh twenty twenty <clears throat> and um when um I tried to take my life that night um I had dropped some of the pills that um, I had tried to take, and so I didn't die. I just went to sleep and um, slept off the pills. But when I woke up, I mean, I didn't see the bright light or anything, but I felt God, and um, I knew that that where I was was not where I wanted to be and that um, it was time and that change had to come from within me and that um, that um, unless um, unless I found, you know, something, and I had um, got on um, Facebook and asked for help, and 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 was going through um, crying dags where I was crying all the time and stuff, and and um, but but it was because I wasn't where I was supposed to be I was I wasn't I wasn't where God wanted me to be and um and um 
I came to a point to where I realized that it didn't matter whether the world could see the good, the bad, or whatever that I was doing. It it mattered whether God could see, and it mattered whether um, how I could see. And and I wanted to walk off the streets and walk off the streets good. And so whenever I came back to California from from Iowa, um, instead of staying out on the streets and staying homeless and staying in my addiction, I went into a shelter and then from the shelter I went in to um sober living um because um Lang seen something to me and and um knew that um I could be better and um I had a lot of people and um I had a village that had faith in me and so I realized that um, even if my quote-unquote actual blood family didn't want anything to do with me, um, I was part of a bigger family. And, you know, I'm part of NASCA. I'm part of the recovery family. I'm part of, you know, um, um, the, um, you know, um, recovering abuse um uh, um all all that and, you know i'm i'm i've got a bigger family than than just my blood family and, you know and god gave me that and so instead of feeling like i was alone and and without anyone i become part of this village and and um and um i uh I am grateful to God for that. Um, um, I'm I'm in a great place now. I'm in a a, a, a sober living with some fantastic women, and um, I was I was in a, 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 a um a a bigger sober living at first and um those women were fantastic and the house was fantastic and this I wanted to be closer to the school and so I moved to a smaller sober living and 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 I'm taking one step at a time, you know, to to um to getting to where um I need to be. I mean um I'm not the mother that 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 you know that I wish that I was, you know. Um, but um, my my journey with my children and my grandchildren is 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 on its way, and um, they're believing in me, and um, I'm trying to um, to figure something out. You know, um, I had um, I had said that I wanted to write a book, but um, before I could write a book, I had to write an article. You know, um, and um, so just one step at a time, 
I'm in school. I mean, um, um, I'm going to be going full-time in spring, um, and um, I'm, I see a therapist on a regular basis um, once a week. Um, my, um, I'm on medication. Um, I put down everything, even, even the maintenance that I was on. Um, I was able to walk away from it because maintenance is just that maintenance. It's, it's not supposed to be something that you hold on to and get on and stay on. It's to be something that they, they, you get on, you know, to help you get off, you know, for good. You know, um, abstinence of all things is, is the true, true way of, of getting a clean and sober life and a clean and sober mind. And, um, even though, you know, I still have, um, still have a bout of depression, I, um, it's been, it's been a while since, since, um, you know, I haven't wanted to be alive. And, you know, I mean, I'm grateful I'm alive today. Um, I'm grateful that God God has me here on this earth. And, and I'm I'm grateful that um, I'm clean today. And um, I'm grateful that I'm no longer, um, no longer um, trading myself for my addictions or for, or for my survival. Um, I'm grateful that, um, that I'm no longer obsessed with the abuse that I went through, you know, um, I'm, I'm just, I'm grateful for a whole lot of things that, that God's done for me. And it was God who did it, not, not anything that I did. Tanya, what would you tell somebody who, um, given that hope, what would you tell somebody who maybe um, is contemplating, you know, being in the inception of, of going into recovery as you have? What advice would you give them? Well, just know that um, it's, it's hard um, if if you need maintenance or you're scared of totally getting off and being totally clean and you want to go into detox and get on um, maintenance, you know, to to help you get off, then, then um, I support and um, all paths of recovery. And, and if... If maintenance is what you need to 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 be able to walk away for good, then 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 um, I support that. And um, if um, but just know that that's what maintenance is. Maintenance is temporary maintenance. It's not supposed to be a permanent solution. You know, um, it's um, it's uh, supposed to be a temporary help you know, for, 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 for putting, 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 putting down, um, you know, if you need medical assistance or medical maintenance, then, then, um, then, then get the medical help to, to get off the, get off 
the the drugs, but but just know that the um, maintenance is just that it's supposed to be a temporary solution to the long term pro- um, problem. But the, the 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 ultimate goal is is abstinence, total abstinence. Thank you, thank you, and you know, and and in the spirit of of I think you know recovery, not only from you know, as uh, Victoria has said, you know, it wasn't you know her her behaviors were you know were her survival tools, right? Um, yeah. Just in terms, you know, our behaviors are our survival tools. So when I you know also when I allude to recovery, we allude to recovery in that sense. It's you know, recovery as recovery from abuse, from trauma. Um, recovery is a lot, you know, recovery Therapy. From, right. Yeah. Right. So, you know, that is, that is a, it's a journey and it's a process, you know, similar to, you know, recovery from substance abuse, um, addiction. And so, you know, you, um, what is, you know, what's so t- amazing is, you know, you have chosen full recovery um, from from your abuse um, and your trauma, and um, and that is the journey, and, and that is, you know, if you were to, to, to give anybody, you know, who's starting that journey any advice, you know, for, from the trauma, um, what, you know, what advice would you give? Well, um, when um, when I started, um, I just it took a lot of prayer, a, a lot of prayer, um, and um, I um, I'm taking um, take baby steps, um, take it one day at a time, and if you have to. One minute at a time. Um, if you have to try not to um, not to dwell on um, on whatever it is that 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 you're recovering from, um, and um, um, don't be afraid to um, to um, um, Ask for forgiveness. Ask yourself for forgiveness. You know, to to um, yeah. And because that that is true. It's it's you know it's a it's a for for a lot of uh, other you know survivors that I've I've spoken with. It's also a journey, um, you know, to learn how to love yourself. Right, that self love to give yourself permission. You know, to learn how to love yourself. Um, and uh, like you said, you know, part of that is knowing that you were not to blame, right, for, for what happened to you. Um, but even though you're not to blame, you've taken the responsibility to heal, you know, which is a, which is yeah. not easy to do. Um, I wake up every morning and I say, well, you know, it's not my fault, but it is my fight. Or sometimes I'll say, well, I didn't make a mess, but I thought I have to clean it up, you know. Um, that you have to take it on yourself as you have um, to heal. 
um, yeah. trauma. Like they say, um, um, we're not responsible for our, for the disease of addiction, but we are responsible for for our recovery. We are responsible for for the recovery, no matter what you're recovering from. And, you know, you you're, you're not responsible for what happened or or, or what you're recovering from. You know, um, and maybe it was something that was done to you, or something that you got into, or a disease, or whatever. But but you are responsible for your recovery. Yeah, and you have definitely taken that responsibility. Absolutely. So um, I'm going to actually go down the panel one more time, and I just wanted to um, see if uh, Bob had any uh, last um, words for you. Bob, you're back on with Tanya. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, the only thing that really um, grounds me is that feelings are healings. And I've lost so many friends um, through suicide. Um, and the only reason they got there, they were listening to their thinkings, not their feelings. And I'll close with this statement that the mind is always looking for answers, but the heart already knows. So my salvation was through turning off my mind and then listening to my heart and my body because my body always knows what it needs. And I just have to listen and obey. And it is as simple as that, really. And that's what's worked for me. If a feeling comes up, I express it in the moment. I don't put it in the pressure cooker, you know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah. So for me, that's it. It's simple. Feelings are healings, and there are no gurus because we're all sovereign, unique, and equal. And the only expert on my life is me. So thanks, Tonya, and um, yeah, keep in touch, darling. And and Victoria. Yeah, I'll shut up now. (laughs) Thank you, Bob. Thank you. And Victoria... You're back on with Tanya. Yeah, again, thank you. Thank you for uh, sharing your story. And, you know, it's it's so nice to hear the the hope for a lot of people that, that are still suffering so much, you know, the hope in your voice and your story. Um, I like how you said that, you know, because I know for me it was, I didn't have really my family and my life at all for so long that, you know, realized, I couldn't choose my biological family, but I could choose my new family. <laughs> and oh, yeah. NASCAR is my big family that I have now, and like you said, my recovery family. And uh, that means more to me than so many other things. Um, because, like I said, I felt so alone. I thought I was the only one that, that you know, I knew other people had been through it, but I was the only one that reacted or felt the way that I did and it's nice to know that you know we don't have the same stories but 
I would say I like to look at our commonalities rather than our differences. And I think one of the commonalities or many is that we have the same kind of feelings. We know what fear is. We know what anger is. We know what happiness is, you know. Um, and we can connect on that level kind of heart to heart. So I really yeah. felt like I connected heart to heart with you tonight. And uh, I friended you on Facebook, so I hope maybe we could talk in the future. Thanks for coming Thank on, you. and um, I really appreciate your story. Courage. Thank you. Thank you, Victoria. So, Tanya, you know, we have a few minutes left, and I wanted to know if you had any more um, any more words that you wanted to share tonight um, before I wrap up the show. Um. You know, um, I have, uh, like I said, I have went through um, phases where um, I have thought that that um, I was walking away from my lifestyle by still being in my lifestyle, and and. Um, and um thinking that I was gonna um do it in a better way, a different way and and um you have to know that um that you ha- you have to respect and love yourself and you have to um and make sure that those around you um, respect and love you and that there's no room um, in your life for those who can't, you know, and um, no matter how old you are, whether you're young, whether you're older, um, if you're caught up in a lifestyle that, that, that your abuse or, or your your abusers place you in and and you want to get out, there's ways out. You know, there's ways out. You know, know that you deserve better. You know. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you are, your testimony is just um, incredible and um, and thank you for everything you shared with this evening. You've touched so many, many people. And I know that um, this uh, show, when it's archived, will be listened by so many others, and so many will grow and learn and benefit from uh, what you've shared this evening. So thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Victoria, did you have anything else to add? Yeah, I wanted to I just, share that. Um, that um, I know a lot of people have a hard time around the holidays and Thanksgiving's coming up on Thursday. NASCA has a peer support group, and you can find it on NASCA.org, N-A-A-S-C-A.org, and we have a Zoom meeting on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. And uh, Thursday, uh, we'll be having a Zoom meeting. It's 1 o'clock Central. I don't know if you guys can figure out the math on your time. But um, we invite everybody to join us Um and, uh, uh, yeah, we're just there to support one another. And uh, we're there uh, three times a week, whether it's a holiday or not, because, um, you know, we know that we need each other. 
And uh, I'd like to just invite everybody to um, to you. show up at the group if they'd like support. Thank you. Well, thank you, Victoria. And yes, this information, um, everything can be found on the NASCAR website. So again, that's www.naasca.org. You can find the information on the support groups as Victoria mentioned. Um, they are 2 o'clock um, um, Eastern Time, uh, 1 o'clock uh, Central Time, and um, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Um, they are three times a week. It's a Zoom. So this is obviously this is the call in, in, in the shows that we have at night. But the uh, recovery meetings are Zoom, so they are different. And that information, again, can be found on the NASCA website. Um, the archived show and the schedule can be found as well on the NASCA website. So thank you, Victoria, for mentioning that. Um, even if there's not a recovery group going on actively, um, and they are, as Victoria mentioned, on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays, I, they still are on Sundays, I believe, you can go under on the main page, NASCA has a contact list, and you'll see phone numbers of, of NASCA members that are happy to take phone calls um, if you talk to someone um, who understands, um, we know, what it's like to uh, be an adult survivor of child abuse going through the healing process. So. NASCA is a support, um, and it's, you can really literally reach out um, to anyone um, at any time and find um, the support that you need. So thank you, Victoria, for mentioning that because holidays, um, I have actually called into the recovery groups um, as well um, on holidays where you know, I have uh, found them difficult, and it's been extremely um, helpful. Um, and there's nothing like you know, being able to lean on your NASCA family. So thank you for mentioning that. I wanted to also mention um, that when Bill Murray built the NASCA website, um, he was uh, wanting to put something in place um, where anybody um, anywhere in the world going through recovery um, or, or contemplating, you know, going on, uh, starting that journey of recovery could go and find all the resources in one place. And that is the NASCA website also offers. So there's so much on there. I can't go over it in the next couple of minutes, but um, wherever you are in the world, um, you will find um, NASCA family members, your ambassadors, um, events, there's a calendar, um, and all these uh, other resources. So um, everything's on that website. Um, take some time and, and take a look. Um, I want to thank... I want to thank... Uh, Tanya, our special guest, Bueller from Austin, California, for coming on this week. This is scan number 3056. It will be archived in about 30 minutes. And I also want to thank Victoria Kelly, uh, my co-host this evening, for being on with me and greeting um, our call-in uh, NASCA family members on the back line and for uh, being on the host team. That's a, a big job and appreciate the support. Um, I want to thank uh, Bill Murray and um, those that um, help put these shows together. Um, if you are also listening and you'd like to be a special guest and tell your story on NASCA, again, go on the NASCA website at www.naasca.org. Um, there is a, a way um, to contact Bill and, um, and note your interest in telling your story, and he will... Scheduling you for the show. Um, 
and uh, get get a date for you to come on. So, um, no experience necessary. As I said, if you want to come on the show and tell your story, you are welcome to do so. Um, so with that, without further ado, um, I want to thank everybody for calling in this evening who, who are listening. Again, this is scan number 3056. Um, it is Monday, November 21st, 2022. I wish everybody um, a wonderful week. Um, tomorrow night, we have a survival professional show at the show the week. Um, there'll be, you can call in um, to the show and a survival professional will, will host. And we just talk about the many topics that surround um, child abuse, trauma, um, intervention, prevention, and recovery as adults. Um, and so uh, those are open forums. Um, so please feel free to call in to those as well. Um, Wednesdays and Fridays, we have special guest night um, where we have someone um, such as uh, Tanya just did this evening um, tell their story. So uh, please, uh, you know, participate in those if you wish. Um, tomorrow night, as I mentioned, we have um, our survival professional, Deborah Slice. So that's an open uh, mic forum. On Wednesday, we have a very special guest whose name is Nita um, Alford. She's from uh, Missouri. Um, on Thursday, we have uh, Monica Bogland from Washington, um, our survival professional. So that's an open mic forum show. And on Friday, we have a special guest of Judy Russo from New Jersey um, um, coming on the show. So we have a very, very full show this week. Um, please feel free to, to call in and participate in the panel. The number is always the same. It's area code 646-595-2118. Um, if you're interested Thank in, you very much. Uh, you're welcome. Becoming more involved with NASCA. Um, again, um, visit NASCA's website, and we have lots of volunteer opportunities. Um, and lastly, NASCA is a fully uh, self-supporting nonprofit. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We rely on donations from our uh, NASCA members. Even a few dollars helps. So, um, again, go on the NASCA website. Um, there is a button that says Donate. It will take you into PayPal. It's really, really simple to donate to NASCA. So with that being said, I wish to just thank um, uh, Anya and Victoria Kelly again for coming on. And I wish you all a very good night. As I always say as I sign up on the show, there are enough adult eyes on this planet to keep every single one of our children safe. If you see something, if you hear something, say something, do something. It's all of our responsibility take action. Thank you all and good night. Thank you. Good night. Block Talk Radio.